Hi guys and welcome back to this week's episode of the In The Hub podcast, brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. Today I'm joined by Eric Pratt and Stephen Ellis from US Broadcast Distribution. Based out of Boston, Massachusetts, US Broadcast Distribution pride themselves on providing quality live production and broadcast equipment to a huge range of resellers, dealers, systems integrators and customers. Really hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the In The Hub podcast, Eric and Steve. How, how are you guys doing today? We're good. We're good. Thanks doing for, fantastic. for asking. Yeah. Doing great. Yeah, that's good to hear, guys. And we'll just get straight into the questions then, if that's okay with, with, with you guys. Lay on. Out of curiosity, guys, um, how did you both get your starts in the broadcasting industry? And, and Eric, if, you, if you'd like to go first. I'll let Steve go first because he was first in. All right, so uh, um, I'll try to be brief because I'm an older guy. I first got involved in uh, media production. I worked for Columbia Picture Screen Gems as a uh, shaded cameras. You, probably, you two young guys probably don't know what that is, but back in the old days, you had tubes and you had to shade and register the tubes every time you turned it on. But after that, I stayed. I was in production uh, for 15 years, and then I switched over. Uh, I ran a company called Editel Sound and Film, which was uh, in Boston. That's what got me to Boston. And we did very high-end graphics, soft homage, and we had uh, half a dozen avids and things, uh, linear tape suites that people don't have anymore. You know, So uh, I switched over to the manufacturing side and uh, had my own dealership for six years and distributed products for Pinnacle, Abacus, all names of the past. And then became, uh, right after that, became uh, director of sales of US and Latin America at Pinnacle, and then moved on to other companies as we do in our industry, uh, VizRT, Chiron, and then Six years at Telestream, I was their worldwide sales manager. Uh, and then recent, before joining Eric, I was CEO of a company in Boston called Broadcast Picks, which we built switchers. So uh, a long, a long history. I did tell you I was older. So, <laughs> and I tried to keep it brief. So I tried to keep it brief. So let me turn this over to Eric because he's the guy with all the energy in the company. He's the young guy. <laughs> well, uh, I have an equally long story, but it's uh, it's easy to compress into uh, in my Teens, I started working for a reseller of video equipment, and uh, I went out for dealer training to a, a manufacturer of computer-based switchers, and uh, they hired me on the spot. I worked for them for a year and quit there, and I've been my own boss since. So I've, I've had a couple of different companies. Um, virtual Setworks uh, made virtual sets. It was a, a real um, popular for its day. Uh, company for doing any kind of background for a TriCaster, vMix, or uh, Telestream, Wirecast, uh, OBS, what have you, um, basic editing programs. So did that for a few years, and then uh, back in, um, where are we, 2021, I guess uh, 2015, um, I started U.S. Broadcast. So U.S. Broadcast Distribution is a company that uh, handles distribution and the technical support and infrastructure for uh, various live production technologies. Um, so that's uh, that's sort of our, our niche in the world is that we focus on distributing live broadcast uh, gear and anything that's good. Yeah, and uh, guys, I, I'm just, again, curious. What is it that has kind of kept you both hooked in this industry? You know, can you boil it down to one thing or, or is it a mixture of things or... You know, do you not even want to be in this industry anymore? Will we find out next week that you've you've gone on to to you know brighter things? You know, what 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 has kept you hooked? For me personally, it's the constant change and constant learning curve. It's always something new. 
uh, you know, in the, just the past year, it's been phenomenal. I mean, the, the pandemic has been awful, but the change in our industry has been so dramatic and uh, it impacts everything we do. Trade, we were just briefly before this podcast talking about trade shows. People are very comfortable now doing exactly what we're doing right now. So it's going to change uh, how we do things. Uh, it's had a, a major impact on our company because we provide almost all the technologies you need to do this stuff. You know, PTC cameras, encoders, decoders, storage, servers, all the things that are elements of us. And uh, my specialty with the company is really more advanced workflows, you know, like Playbox, ingest, playout, CG, that kind of stuff. But the demand is really high right now and, and it's helping our company grow really quickly. I love the technology. Uh, I was hooked from my first NAB uh, where my first NAB, I was actually in a, um, in a vendor's booth uh, demonstrating a, a graphics, live production graphics solution. Uh, and that was the company that I ended up uh, going, going to work for. And just all the different ways that you can encode video and manipulate it and modify it to create live productions. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's something that, I don't know, I, I just um, magnetically and naturally fall into. I don't think I would do anything else. Yeah, I've got to agree with you guys there. I think it is that excitement and, and the pace that technology changes. And I, I haven't actually been in this industry for that long, maybe a year or two uh, at the moment working with Playbox. And it's something that instantly hits you. It's just how every day there is something new to, to be taking, you know, it's keeping an eye on basically. Um, so I think it's fair to say you both probably won't be leaving the industry anytime soon then. <laughs> and that's fair to say. Yeah, probably not. I figure I'm halfway through it. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, a good mindset. I've been doing it for 25 years. I've got another 25 to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. like I said, the only one way I'll leave the industry, and it's unfortunately the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, the fact that, that, that it that is that intriguing and it's changing so quickly. Uh, the biggest fear I've always had in my career is being bored. And it's never been boring. Trust me, it's never been boring right. from... I don't think there's any chance of that. Uh, yeah. Supersized silicon, silicon graphic workstations that look like refrigerators that cost five hundred thousand dollars, down to a PC that does more, you know, with an NVIDIA card that does more than all those big silicon graphic workstations combined. So you know, uh, things like Pixar become a reality because of all the things that are going on in our industry. So it's great. It's a good time. It's exciting if you like change. If you don't like change, you're in trouble. So, so guys, obviously going back through through your kind of history and your past in this industry. Um, being involved with, with lots of different companies and, and, and running your fair share. What would you say is probably the hardest part of running a company in the broadcast industry specifically? You know, is it that pace of, of innovation, um, the high barriers to entry in terms of cost or, or something completely different? Yeah, I'd say we're, we're coming across a theme at this point um, with the, the speed at which the technologies change. Keeping on top of these things is, is a challenge. Um, there's always something new and, you know, in order, I mean, it, and it just, it, it's accelerating. The, the pace of change has just, it, it, you know, gotten quicker and quicker. And that didn't, that didn't slow down in 2020 at all. It, it, it went faster and faster. And I guess that's probably just going to, you know, keep going um, and keeping on top of it and making sure that the business side of things still makes sense. Um, Steve will probably tell you, you know, the Avid as a, uh, as an example, you know, their systems sold for a hundred grand a pop, like, you know, 
that very, very easily and very often. And now you can get an editor that does the same thing for free. So, you know, the, the constantly changing dynamics of um, software and hardware and customers and technology and making sure that the business side of things makes sense to help us do what we love, you know, is, is, uh, is, is the challenging part. We also have some unique times. I think, you know, uh, content has always been what drove all uh, in our industry. What's happening today is content's been being delivered by a whole different group of people. You know, it's not just people like Netflix and HBO, it's people setting up their own little networks or own uh, broadcasting centers. It is now harder for the bigger guys to amateurize or to give back their investment and what they're delivering on air. So I think the challenge is uh, twofold, one on the customer side to make sure they make enough profit to continue to grow and be profitable and also compete with you know, a bevy of new type of deliveries that are all driven by dot-coms or by you know, web-based solutions. Um, the second thing right now in the past year is getting product to these folks in a timely fashion. You may want to buy something, you may actually, you may not get it right now. So processors, servers, storage are all in high demand and tough to get. So customer faces a real challenge. Fortunately, we, we inventory a lot of stuff, which is tough on us as a distributor, but you have to do it. You know, you have to have cameras and things in stock. So to compensate for a lack of product out there. Yeah, and especially at the moment, yeah, the shipping times are um, a bit of a mystery at the moment. Um, yeah. Uh, Brexit and obviously COVID going on as well. Well, we're also going to go into a shortage of storage here and storage, obviously, you know, with regards to play boxes, you know, if you're, if you're storing video, you're doing it on, you know, spinning desks. And uh, with that new cryptocurrency that's come out, which is storage based, uh, we're going to see all of the existing inventory just evaporate. So one of the things I'm working on today is, you know, making sure we have an adequate inventory of storage to you know fulfill orders um moving forward you know for the you know perceived perceivable future you know what ethereum did to gpus which we're still reeling from uh chi is going to do to uh storage so you know it's just gotta you know gotta make those uh initial keep on top of things that's again it's that accelerating pace of change you got to keep on top of things and make sure you've got products to help people do what they want to do it's yeah as if we didn't have enough things to keep tabs on already now cryptocurrency we've got to be watching <laughs> as well um yeah. and then uh, what what do you believe is is the best part about running a company in this space and, and you're not allowed to say money um but, you know <laughs> what, what do you think is the best part money doesn't hurt um and and again you know i guess it's the same answer to all questions um you know, I, I love keeping on top of all the, the new technologies. I mean, it just, you know, sometimes it just get my mind blown um, about, you know, all, all the new things that pop up. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch uh, The Mandalorian. Um, it's a series on, on Disney Plus. And the way that that was shot was uh, they didn't shoot it on a green screen. They shot it in a 360 degree um, uh, LED wall. And they were able to do it so effectively that it, it looked immersive. And, you know, technologies like that um, are, you know, they're, they're just amazing to behold and see evolve, even if, you know, not all of those things are things that we directly sell. Um, you know, they're we're ancillary to them. We do sell display wall controllers. So we sell something that, you know, and I, I have a strong background in 3D from working with virtual sets. And, you know, we get people uh, who, 
use our use our products to launch rockets and land rovers on on other planets uh, or at least they don't use our products to land rovers on other planets <laughs> but they it used at least use them to stream the yes, yeah. you know the videos of those activities live um and you know uh, space is a really cool thing and you know having we have we have customers that do everything from the nfl to you know um, amazing worship services to you know launching reusable rockets uh you know the 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 different industries that we get to touch is is amazing and again money doesn't hurt <laughs> yeah i think it's the freedom to make decisions that affect what you're doing every day and help you know uh, immediate impact on what your company does and the company's success you know you, it's uh many many years ago i worked at at&t in their audio video department i ran their stuff in a very large facility 26 million dollar facility in New Jersey. I had 50 people, but still, at a company like that with a million employees, it was management by committee. It took months to get things done. Here, you know, Eric calls me or I call Eric and say, "We should be doing this." And guess what? You know, in a week we try to figure out how to do it. You know, or two days you find. You know, so that freedom to make decisions and, and act quickly is exciting for me. You know, I'm I'm probably a better go do things guy kind of guy than I am an employee. So probably I'd probably be a lousy employee. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And, and moving into US broadcast, so I know we, we touched on it quite a few times, but for anyone who doesn't know, and I don't want to say kind of do an ele elevator pitch here, but what is it that you guys do and, and how long have you been doing that? We started in 2015, which doesn't sound like that long ago, but that, that was six years. Um, and 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 trust me, it's it's been a lifetime uh, in and of itself. And we are a distributor of fine uh, broadcast technology products and our particular um, uh, niche is that we know the products that we sell we're not just a, a box house you know you could have an organization that shifts products in one door and out the other um, and you know there is some value in that but our you know personally from my standpoint I know every product that we have down to its nuts and bolts so, Technologically speaking, you know, I I know every IP format that we deal with, you know, every video format that we deal with, you know, every computer component that goes in, you know, every device that we sell, so that you know we can adequately support our resellers and our customers, and that's um, you know that's something I really enjoy, and I, I like to think I'm good at it, and that's uh, that's US broadcast in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, I can't. Do, I can't say anything better than that. Other than uh, I'm proud, to, you know, to be part of the fact that we're growing something and 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 proud of the work we do for our customers. So I think that's a pretty exciting thing to do. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I saw you guys putting a, quite a lot of emphasis into uh, kind of webinars and and this kind of more educational digital content, um, especially during COVID nineteen. How important do you guys think providing this digital content is for your dealers and and end users? And do you think you'll kind of continue down that route post-COVID? So our uh, our vendors have different levels of skill at creating content to um, express what is important about their products to customers. And I found um, while I, I personally am actually a little bit shy, I found that I'm pretty good at creating videos um, that 
in, it's not just an unboxing, you know, unboxings are stupid. I take a product out of a box. Look, it's, this is what the packaging looks like. Um, I like taking a product and explaining to people what its value is, what is important. Like, why are you watching this video? Because this, this thing is the, this is what's important about this thing. This does something unique. Um, and we did that before COVID happened. And we found that it was important before COVID happened. We found that it was important during COVID. It's going to be important after COVID. Yeah, one of the other things to realize is that uh, our customers, and I mean the end users, are, to be honest with the dealers, the resellers are our customers, but so is the end user who's doing this. Uh, they, they don't have the kind of staffing they used to have in the past. You know, you might find a place that had a chief engineer, assistant chief engineer, somebody doing, you know, specially work in a facility. Now it's one or two people because it's people are watching their budgets. And so they're, they need instant access to information. And I think the videos help them get a very quick overview of what we're doing, what the product does. So you drill down pretty quickly. So I think that's a, a very important reason for doing the videos. Yeah, and I think they're brilliant, guys. I think exactly what we needed and, and what your vendors you know, need is just straight to the point. Why is this useful? Um, I don't mind an unboxing video. They're quite satisfying sometimes, but it's, it's, it's key yeah, that you get straight into the nuts and bolts of it and you say, you know, this is how it's going to benefit people. Um, and I, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, guys, um, outside of the podcast. Um, and just this week, uh, obviously, the news broke that IBC uh, has been moved to December, um, still in Amsterdam. And of course, we, we all know that NAB show is, is going ahead in October as well. Are you guys planning to have a presence at these shows? And, and do you think it's important that you kind of jump straight back into these after COVID? I think it's important to jump straight back into them. Um, I I am extremely enthusiastic to be back at NAB. Uh, as I mentioned, it was almost literally one of my first experiences in the industry. And uh, I was absolutely gutted to, to miss NAB 2020. Uh, and so, you know, I'm really, really happy happy to be getting back to um, having a booth at uh, NAB 2021. Um, it is going to be a really odd fall because all of the shows are in different time slots. And uh, I think we've, you know, historically we've just gotten used to having IBC and NAB six months apart and between them Zinfocom. And now they're all with, you know, within spitting distance of each other with IBC moving a little bit further away from NAB and Infocom. Um, I think that gives them a little bit of a better chance to bring people in from other continents. Um, but it's really too early to say what things are going to be like uh, seven months from now um, to say whether that that was a good move or not. Because frankly, you know, I would think that IBC is going to be a regional show this year and hopefully next year it just goes, everybody goes back to their regular time slots, hopefully. Um, having, having NAB be only, you know, six months after NAB is also going to be weird. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know about that, but uh, if, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how many, um, North and South Americans are going to travel to IBC like they historically have because it's the you know antipode to you know NAB six months earlier in in April and everybody loves Amsterdam in September you know it's a it's a beautiful city it's a beautiful time of year to be there um, I've done ISE in February in in uh, Amsterdam it's not not my favorite but 
uh, it is what it is. Um, I, you know, I think we're going to play IDC by ear. Uh, we're working on Infocom at the moment. Infocom obviously being a few weeks after NAB is also, you know, it's challenging from a logistical standpoint. Uh, literally, it, you know, if we have to, you know, pull up everything from NAB and to ship it, ship it to Florida, you know, that's 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 a challenge uh, in and of itself, and we're not the only ones in that in that boat. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to get back to it. Um, you know, the, while I, I mentioned that, you know, doing these things digitally and online and creating content and doing webinars have been invaluable and are going to continue to be really important tools. Um, I know a lot of people are also sick of them. You know, they're, they're ready to, you know, go sit down at a trade show and, meet and greet and you know in first person um i i know for sure everybody's looking for a good excuse to go to vegas so you know it'll it'll be an interesting and unusual uh show to say the least and i can't wait to see it well, frankly my favorite sushi bar is in vegas so i can't wait to get back to that <laughs> and that's the only reason um yeah so i i guess me not having gone to one, one of these expos before in, in the broadcasting industry like it's, yeah, it's going to be strange if, if if this year is my first um, to obviously see it not not at its full running capacity or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, we will have to wait and see and play it by year. I'd expect them to be fifty percent attendance. But my so IBC historically has had half the attendance of NAB. I never leave IBC saying to myself, gosh, I only met half as many people as I, I, I wanted to. I always leave IBC thinking, you know, I actually didn't, didn't talk to as many tire kickers. So, the, you know, the, the 50,000 people that won't go to NAB this year probably aren't the 50,000 people I want to talk to. So I still feel like it's going to be a valuable show. And I still feel like IBC would be a valuable show. And guys, if you could sum it up in, in one word and one word only, what do you both envision for the future of the broadcasting industry? Eric, I think I'll let you go first while I think about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do the same. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I, I think we'll see the trends that are extant, that, that really got their kickoff during COVID um, continue the you know, remote production um, was already a thing, but, you know, COVID proved it, COVID forced it to the front. Uh, the ability to bring in guests anywhere on earth to a live production, um, the, the acceleration of technologies like SRT um, and uh, vMix has a, a feature called vMix Call, which allows you to bring in remote guests. Um, the, you know, the, that's that's kind of you know what I'm seeing near term. Um, I think <laughs> the first the CEO of the first company that I worked for that that uh, that computer based um, switcher company he said uh, he said something very prescient, um, but probably also you know 20 years too soon, which was something like uh, your favorite television program will be made by somebody that you know, which can also be interpreted as is that, you know, content, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago was made by a very small number of people and it had to be very gen generic. 
in order to appeal to the the broadest reach. You know, I love Lucy, uh, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days. Um, you know, nowadays you can have a show about rock climbing. You can have a show about fish. You can have a show about having you know aquariums. You can have a show about having uh, groupers in aquariums. You know, it's uh, content can be extremely niche now, and I think that that uh, that's just going to evolve. So I have the benefit uh, of having a three-year-old granddaughter. And uh, before she came along, I had no idea how much content is changing, who delivers the content. So she watches three shows. One is a show called Blippi. He travels around the U.S. and does museums and kids' venues. He's worth $26 million now. His audience is three-year-olds. The next level up, that is a, a, a show called Gabby. And the audience for that has become over, you know, 96 million, whatever it is, a crazy amount. And there's this little kid named Ryan who reviews uh, toys on, on the internet. He sold his company for $18 million at nine years old. So the kind of content is going to change how we deliver the materials. It's not really broadcasting, but broadcasting is, how we define broadcasting is changing so quickly that when you ask that question, <laughs> it's hard to answer because it's, you know, you can have a show about breweries and put it on the web and all of a sudden you have your own select channel and you need cameras, you need storage, you need, you know, all types of tools to do this, but it's definitely changing. You know, you'll, you'll go to NAB and you'll see switcher products that are driven by iPhones. There's no longer cameras at the end, it's iPhones. So, you know, how do you acquire content? Um, so it's, it's changing so rapidly. When you ask that question, it's hard to define. It's the big, you know, networks, the, you know, the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs have to reinvent themselves constantly. Um, you know, uh, over the top stuff is driving almost you know uh, the cable industry out of business right now. I, I don't think I've watched TV in a year. It's all through apps. It's all on the web. You know, so it's uh, so it's changing quickly. So predicting what's going to happen next, really tough. When like I said, when my three year old granddaughter came in and turned on the TV, and I said, "There's like a hundred channels that I had that didn't know exist, worth millions and billions of dollars." You know, so. Uh, I, I, you better ask somebody younger, probably somebody who's like 10 or 12, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off there, guys. I, I, yeah, um, me thinking about it as well, it's almost kind of overwhelming. Yeah, you, yeah. you think, it, you know, anything could happen, literally anything. Well, I'm, on the, I'm, I'm at the top end of my, you guys are young and in the career. And, you know, I started working before you actually were out of university or high school, you know. And uh, instead of uh, running videos on two inch tape machines, you know, it's, uh, it's on your thumb drive or stored in the cloud or it's, I mean, it's remarkable how much things have changed. Yeah. So, and it's, like I said, it's also exciting. But. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So guys, are there any kind of exciting plans in the pipeline for, for us broadcasts that you can talk to us about today? Um, I'm going to kick up, uh, doing more product videos. Uh, we've, we've had sort of a growth evolution stage the last couple of months. Um, new offices, warehouses, employees, which have really kind of put me on my heels in terms of uh, getting back to the stuff that um, I love and have mentioned earlier, you know, about uh, explaining content and, you know, developing it. So I, I think we've finally rounded that corner. And uh, this summer, I'm just going to, I'm just going to kick it out, you know, uh, take, take products apart and videotape myself while doing it. Um, we have a lot of great, great new products uh, coming coming our way in the next, uh, you know, uh, between now and NAB, which should mean uh, NAB is going to be a really fun show 
to, to you know, show off all that new stuff to people who are excited to get back and creating videos for all those products. And uh, that's that's what's on my plate. Yeah, and, I, and as you know, I, I joined the company recently. I'm one of those new guys. And, uh, you know, my, my stick here is actually just kind of focus on the bigger workflow solutions and, uh, and the kind of stuff that you sell at Playbox and, and manufacture at Playbox. So it's a, uh, it's a lot to grasp right now. And you know, migrating that into our customer base right now and growing and segmenting the kind of dealers and integrators we have is kind of my focus over the next six months. So, but, I so mean, it's a lot to be done. Yeah, it's, it sounds like really exciting times and it's, it's just good to hear people planning ahead now, now that they there's kind of like this this roadmap that we can actually follow now. Um, and it's not complete uncertainty, but yeah. Um, yeah. So how can people get in touch with you guys or contact you both individually if they, if they want to get in touch? So the best place to start is our website, uh, usbroadcast.co. That's not .com. It's .co. Um, our contact info is there. Uh, I would be eric at usbroadcast.co. Uh, Steve would be steve at usbroadcast.co. So those are uh, those are some yeah some good ways of getting a hold of us. Our our phone numbers on the website. Uh, we like to be easy to get a hold of, so that's um, we we feel like you ought to be able to reach out to us there. Um, we have all kinds of other miscellaneous uh, Facebook and YouTube pages, but you can find those on our website. So best best way I I would say first step would be to visit us there, uh, see the 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 brands and products that we have and ask us questions and watch videos and ask us questions and contact us. And, you know, I, I love, uh, I love getting a call with a good trick question, a uh, good, a good project. I'm, I love the, the calls that start. I'm trying to do something crazy. You know, I can't figure out how to do it. You know, what, what, what do you got? So that's, uh, that's what I love. So feel free to reach out to us. Yep. So what we'll do, we'll link that in the description of the podcast as well. So if anyone wants to to go and get in touch or, or browse the website, uh, they can do that. So thank you very much, guys, for obviously taking the time out today. We, we really do appreciate it. Um, and thanks for a fantastic episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, Happy to, happy to do it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Guys. Take care. Good.